People follow you not for the credentials behind your name. They don't follow you for how much you know. They follow you for how much you care. And they follow you for your why, why you're doing it. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online and face-to-face courses, accredited for CECs and other continuing education points, with up to a massive 40% discount for members of Australian Fitness Network. In this episode, the hugely inspiring Maureen Mohagen, Senior Vice President of CanFit Pro, talks the need to find the joy in what you do every day, the importance of tenacity, the magnificence of mentoring, and why you need to be the product of your product with Network's Ryan Hogan. I'm lucky enough to be sitting here with Maureen Hagen, uh, one of my favorite people in the world. And Mo, as she's better known in the fitness industry, is the uh, is a senior VP at Good Life Fitness in Canada and also for CanFit Pro, which is one of our counterparts, our kind of sister company in the Northern Hemisphere. So welcome, Mo. Great to be here. And, you know, when we were talking about what, what we were going to talk about today, we're going to go into some stuff about, uh, you know, how to have a long career in the fitness industry and tips. And I couldn't think of anyone better to do this than you because you have had quite the career, haven't you? Uh, quite the career and quite the long career. <laughs> and it keeps getting better. So that's the thriving aspects of a long career. Great. Well, well, let's talk about thriving. So how do you, step one on creating a long and thriving career in the fitness industry for our listeners, what would you say? Step one would have to be that you really need to love what you do and be prepared to work hard, but you got to find the fun and the joy in what you do every day. Otherwise you won't last. And it certainly won't be something that you pursue to build, to become what you see for yourself. And I am asked this question a lot. Perhaps it's because I've been in the industry for 35 years. And I would like to say I started when I was really young, but uh, (laughs) I'm very proud of being in my mid fifties in the fitness industry for the reason is that we helped start and shape the industry to where it is today. And I'm very proud to lead the industry by teaching and influencing people to build healthy careers. And I've been very fortunate to work with two very cool, disruptive and growing companies in Canada that have really given me the fortune to do a lot of different things. But in doing so, that's part of creating a thriving career is be prepared to put your hand up, use your voice. That's why mine's very raspy today. Mm but to have a voice. And I'm going to share my particular tips, perhaps tricks, because I didn't really know what I was doing at all times. But I believe that if you start with my first tip, you don't have to know what you're doing at all times. And in doing so, the journey just shapes itself. And then you can become, you can lead, you can influence, and you can serve the world in the way that you see for yourself. But it all needs to start with what brings you joy what gets you out of bed every morning and what creates fun in your life. And I guess that's another point is those in the fitness industry that work hard, like yourself, myself, and all of those leaders that we know, they work hard 
And hard doesn't mean long hours, although there are times, but you really got to know how to create the rhythm so that it doesn't feel like work. It's just part of what we do every day. Wow. So my tip one is a strategy. You really need to know your why, or you need to connect with your vision on how you see yourself serving the world. And for me, that was to lead and teach and influence. And that started very young in my life. My mother always said I was the bossy older sister. And I didn't see it as bossiness. I saw it as assertiveness. I saw it as I know what my sister needs. And and I, I've really circled back with a lot of my friends lately that I grew up with. And they said, Mo, you are always leading us down the street, whether it was to do cartwheels or to do a sport or to run or to see something new. So I always saw myself as a natural leader. And I'm really proud to serve that the world in that way now in an industry that was very young and very eager to grow, to provide for the boomer population. Because it was the baby boomers that first saw fitness as affordable. You know, when my mom... I was brought up in a single parent family. My mom thought fitness was a luxury. Sure. I always saw it as a necessity. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't understand how someone were to get through their day without movement, but it was also a way I managed my hyper energy as <laughs> um, I had a lot of energy to give. I still do. Still do. I would say. Yeah. yeah. And although I have to really, you know, manage my nutrition and my sleep to maintain that, but it has become part of my brand. But in those days, my mother would always send me out to play to get my energy to settle so that I could focus in school or focus on family engagements. But I saw myself always leading. I saw myself as teaching and I, I was a natural teacher from day one. And I just learned how to take those natural skills, whatever they were called, and um, shape them to become something that I could create. And while I had no idea what I was doing, Really, I didn't. I knew what my why was. Mm. I knew it had to be something to do with fitness because fitness was the way that I succeeded at making sports teams at school. I wasn't a natural athlete. In fact, I got cut from almost every team I tried out for, but I wanted to fit in. I wanted to fit in with my friends and I wanted to be in that inner circle, that circle of influence. So to do that, I tried out for teams that I had no talent to really be on. And I had this stubbornness, my mother referred to it, but it was my perseverance, which is another great leadership quality. But I just chose to keep trying out. But it was my phys ed teacher that said, Mo, you need to learn to become stronger, to manage, to learn about how to move your body. So my first lesson in fitness started in as early as I remember. Mm. I wasn't doing long jump and high jump. I was actually doing curl-ups and, you know, lunges as early as I remember. And I had my, I had my little muscles thinking I would be stronger. And my phys ed teacher said to me, it doesn't matter if you make the team, you're a winner. If you, you know, you succeed at achieving something. And if that's about finding better strength, vitality, how to manage your energy, then it doesn't matter if you make the team, you're still a winner. Mm. Now I did make a couple teams, cheerleading, which catered to my, sure, you know, that sort of collaborative spirit that I had, but also the team I made was gymnastics. The reason was I was cut last, I was last cut. And I figured someone's going to get injured or sick or quit. So I just kept showing up for practice. Wow. That was in my final year of high school. And I won the most improved athlete of the year from my attitude. Yeah. And it was tenacity. tenacity. Yeah. And it wasn't because I made the team. I just kept showing up. And my phys ed teacher, who was also my gymnastics coach, saw me for attitude over, you know, 
um, my aptitude. Sure. So, so it has to start with knowing your why, how you choose to serve the world. If you really understand that and it's derived from passion, I would say passion plus purpose and purpose is your knowing, knowing what you will do. And that's something that takes a, for many people a long time. For me, it took, it took coaching with a, a Jack Canfield coach to really understand what my purpose was to articulate that. So self-development is the other tip. You need to be a student of learning and student of leadership to be a leader or to know where you want to go in your journey. And so if you take your passion and your purpose and another little trick, if you don't know what your purpose is, go back to your passion because it will steer you in the direction of what you're meant to do. That's a great tip. That's a really good tip. You multiply passion plus purpose with motivation. Mm. And I want to share three motives that are very common to the most successful leaders in the world. If you take that formula, the outcome of that is your power. Mm. And we all have our power. You know, there's, it's our superpower. Sure. So my nickname is Mighty Mo. (laughs) And my mentor, my character that I loved was Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. Um, when I was a kid, you know, that was my Disney thing. I had to meet Mickey Mouse. But motives, there are three motives that emotionally drive us to perform, to want to achieve something. And they have to be emotional because they have to get to your subconscious level. So if you look at the science around motives and people who succeed, whether it's an athletic performance or any type of performance, you'll find that people will relate to one of three. Power. Power is that drive to compete, to win, or to be recognized, to be recognized as the best in your field or to be the winner of that race, whatever. Most people who are highly competitive, that's their primary motive. The second one is affiliation. People who want to be collaborative in nature, they want to work together towards a common goal. So that for me is also motive. You know, I see myself as an entrepreneur, but I work for a large corporation because I get my energy and my energy is grows when I work with like-minded people. Like, you know, we work together as yeah. companies, right? Yeah. Because we get ideas from each other and that just keeps me up at night. Mm. The third one is achievement. People who are, uh, their motive is to achieve. They're also people that set lofty, big, if I can say it, big ass, hairy, audacious goals. Mm. We call them BHAGs, mm. right? And they set goals that make them stretch. And when you stretch, it makes you hungry. It makes you, you know, driven to learn. And that's going to lead to my next tip is you need to know what your motive is. Because when you do, then it'll keep driving you to grow and become better and not become complacent or to live in mediocre land. Mm. You want to live in magnificence, right? Absolutely, yeah. So that takes me to my next point is when you know what your emotional motive is, then you find people that are similar to you or are complimentary to you. Two points on that. When it comes to mentorship, find people that are like you, follow them. Don't stalk them, follow them. If you know them, I always say the the most, the priceless cup of coffee is the one you'll buy someone that you'll invite out to meet and to pick their brain. Yeah, totally. Or there could be the mentor that you don't even, they don't know that you're their mentor. Mm. You just follow what they do and you follow them from afar and you just say, hmm, they're speaking in the corporate world and look at where their speaking career has gone. Or, you know, they went from being a personal trainer to being a manager and now they're a divisional manager. And, you know, that's where so-and-so went and now they're a leader of the company. Mm. So you follow what they do and they learn best, you learn best practices. 
Then the other mentors are your coaches. You find people that you want to be like, or you want to learn from and you hire them. So, you know, it's when you know what that motive is. And if your motive is power, collaboration, and achievement, especially the first and the third, then having a mentor or a coach is going to be imperative. Mm. And a good coach, it's kind of like my phys ed teacher. She was my first mentor. My mom was my mentor in terms of appreciating health. She taught me that I couldn't eat sugar if I wanted to be an athlete. She also told me that if I kept eating sugar, I would develop you know, health and nutrition issues as Smart I got lady. older. <laughs> I didn't always listen because I didn't have a weight issue, but I appreciated the health issues that come from eating healthy. So I appreciate she was a really good health mentor. So mentors are incredible that I can say you can't, you can't go, you can't walk this journey. You can't walk the path and become a leader until you are the first follower or a follower to learn enough to then lead confidently. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really big one is to work with someone who can help you build your awareness of your strengths. And the first one, when it comes to strength is you gotta be a product of the product. Yeah. If you want to have a thriving career in the fitness industry, and I say this with, with all due respect, especially in the last five years, I've noticed trainers are not as fit as they should be. Instructors may not be as fit. And I'm not speaking about body type. I'm speaking about ability to be the role model and to, you know, work hard and to be able to do what you are asking others to do. Mm. And, you know, while being here at Filex, I was in that front row at body attack before I presented yesterday, because I want to be the product of the product. And I want my peers to know that even though I've traveled on to the opposite side of the world, I could use any excuse for not exercising in order for me to be in my peak performance state. I have to be in my state. And that is to be highly energetic and mm -hmm. to feel strong because when you feel strong, you're confident. Yeah. So that's the first way to build confidence is to lift weights, be strong, be your product of the product because you can always speak to it authentically. Yeah. Secondly is work on self-belief. That's a really important tip. This industry, as it continues to mature and shape, is going to test us. It's going to look for leaders and it's going to test you to step out of your comfort zone. And the only person that's going to tell you that you're not good enough to put yourself forward is yourself. I can say that because I, I ask myself those questions every day. You know, who am I to believe what people say that, you know, you can't do this or you're not strong enough. You know, if I believed what people said, I wouldn't be in the fitness industry. I wouldn't be doing this as a career. My guidance counselor said to me in high school, there is no such career as what you wrote in your yearbook, Mo. Wow. You can't, there's no career where you can teach fitness and travel the world. Well, and I didn't write behind that, that in my yearbook was where I can earn a thriving income yeah. A, an income that would create a career, a full-time career. Mm -hmm. I was always told it's a stepping stone career. It's a part-time job. I think a lot of us have heard that over the years. Yeah. And so that's what I did yeah. for, I don't even, I, over a decade. I went on to become a physiotherapist because I love fitness, but I wasn't the most talented. I wasn't gifted with natural strength. I got injured a lot. So I was introduced to physiotherapy very early in my life. In fact, I was a premature baby, so I was told I was going to be frail, weak, and sickly my whole life. It's a good thing I didn't listen to those naysayers. Yeah, I know, right? yeah. 
but I was introduced to physio. So I loved what physios did. I thought, cool, I teach people exercise. And so as I learned through school, you know, you couldn't have a full-time career in fitness. The way to do it was to become a phys ed teacher. So I, I liked the idea of a phys ed teacher, but it didn't serve my real passion to be able to travel the world and to be able to see the different ways that people live and enjoy life. And I just had that desire. And my real desire was to come to the South Pacific. And while everybody went to Europe, I always wanted to come to New Zealand, Australia. Mm -hmm. And that's when I actually discovered Network and Phylex. And I thought, look what they're doing in conferences. And that was actually part of the inspiration behind the company I represent, Kemfit Pro. Mm. Well, we knew there were conferences in North America. We just loved the energy of what was going on here. And there was a lot of freestyle. And, and I have to say, some of the best presenters and leaders in the world come from this area. Mm. My next to Helen Vanderberg and Lynn Brick, my boss, Jane Rodell, uh, I have to say my very first mentor that I just followed every brings, makes me emotional is Lexi Williams. Sure. From here, she used to yeah. work for Network. She did. So I followed not only what she presented, but how she presented. I knew I wanted to be a presenter on stage. I wanted to connect with people. Yeah. I wanted to leave that emotional connection. Yeah. Bring she was the best. I mean, she, I, oh I've never gosh. seen anyone work so hard. Works She's a consummate professional. I mean, rehearse, 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 rehearse. And it was perfect. That's yeah. why it was perfect. That's why it was perfect. Yeah. And perfect. But yet she had this connection with people it yeah. was so because she had so much caring right yeah she and she would lean in so i used to study that it wasn't all what you said it was how you connected yeah. and also when i thought if i'm going to be a global presenter i needed to understand how to work in countries that were not english speaking yeah and she used used translators exquisitely right. and she did not waste a moment so she taught me so many valuable strategies and tips on how to be a great presenter and I still keep in touch with her to this day. So that, that's another thing. And that's also an example of a great mentor. But you have to build your own strength, which is not only you know physicality, your emotional strength as well. And confidence is the first one that's going to get you down or keep you going. So that's a biggie. The other one is um, to build your character is to understand the power of imagination. And I say that because... People set limits for other people. I don't know why that is, actually. Human nature. Yeah. yeah. And I find that the bigger your dream, the more that you want to achieve, the bigger the, the dream stealers that you'll meet or the naysayers, more of them that you'll meet. Mm -hmm. And I believe that they're there for a reason. They're there to test you and challenge you and to help you ask those deep, hard questions. Like, am I doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. Is this where I'm supposed to be? And through coaching, I learned that you ask those questions of yourself. Is this in my best interest and for my greatest good to be doing this now? And you have to really listen to your body and, and understand, you know, intuitively or intellectually, is this the right thing? And if it is, great. Don't allow anyone to say what you cannot or should be doing or cannot do. But if you're not sure, then that's when you remain open-minded to ongoing learning. Mm. But I always say, you know, you have to really be imaginary and dream big and be bold because 
you might not get to the moon, but you still can land amongst the stars. Yeah, totally. And it'll force you to, again, back to the emotional motives. It's got to drive you emotionally. And that's where I feel that the people who create those long lasting careers in any profession, it's because they're willing to do what most people aren't willing to do. And that's what it comes down to. They're willing to do the hard things. They're willing to go where people aren't willing to go. They're willing to work when people are tired and they're willing to step out of their comfort zone and they're willing to use the power of imagination and not work within the box. Mm. And one quick example of that, because I know I meet people every day and they say, well, I didn't think that's possible. Or, well, I thought you'd have to have a visa to work in Australia. And I said, well, yeah, but it's easy to get these days. It's more about, you know, connect with people. Mm. But when I left my dream career as a physiotherapist to work my part-time career as my full-time career, where I am today, I resigned actually a month before I actually resigned because I was too afraid to tell my physiotherapy boss I, I was quitting. I walked into her office, rehearsed how I was going to do it. She said to me, she shut me right down and said, Mo, you're not quitting. I said, oh, yeah, I am. She said, no, you're not. You're just taking your physiotherapy career in a different direction. Wow. And I got, I, w I sat there and I went, you're right. Because I struggled. And of course, I didn't know to ask myself the question, is this in my best interest and for my greatest good to quit physiotherapy? And I didn't listen to myself or ask the question. And I, it wasn't in my best interest, but I knew I wanted to step into this new opportunity, a good life. So I didn't quit. I'm still licensed to practice physiotherapy today. I still pay my licensing fees. still pay my liability insurance. I still use the name behind my name. I actually moonlit at the hospital for another year. Didn't even tell my boss that I hadn't quit the job. Yeah. I, just in case. Yeah. And uh, finally, I, I knew where I was, was going to be where I ended up in my life as my career. So I finally did resign, but I've never let my physiotherapy license go. And I'm very proud to say I'm still a licensed Lic physiotherapist. Yeah, wow. So I'm very glad that she allowed me to see that there was, you know, I didn't have to live within the boundaries of the, the definition of a physiotherapist. Mm. And I want to say that because I hope people realize in the fitness industry, we have so much work still to do. So much. So much. I mean, we're still only really touching 20% of the population enough to impact their health. And we're still fighting over those same 20%. The industry is really exciting right now. The word is disruptive. And while some people could say it's a scary time because there's so many things happening, it's so much opportunity. Mm. There isn't anything I can think of where there isn't a new opportunity for an entrepreneurial spirit to build a thriving career. Mm. It's just being willing to step out of the definition of even fitness professional. Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah. I mean, all the all the big thinkers and all the big minds and anything you read all say that in times of disruption is when there's the most opportunity. Right. It's just being ready for it. And yeah. I think the way the in my perspective, anyway, the change happens much quicker than it ever has because we have information so available to us. Mm -hmm. But it's being able to see see that change and move with it quickly and move with it quickly yeah. and not be afraid. And this is my next tip. Do not be afraid to take risk. Because risk is where growth happens, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, it's understanding that fear is really a false expectation appearing real. Yeah. It's our inside voices saying, oh, that's scary. That won't work. Or that'll be too much work. Or that'll cost you. There'll be a compromise. You'll have to give up this to have that. What you're giving up is comfort. 
But then who really likes living comfortably after a while? Some people do. Some people do. Yeah. But the, the primary personality in the fitness industry loves to move yeah, and to create, yeah, right? Absolutely. So taking risks is really important that you got to be able to be bold and take risks, but do them within the scope of your ability to manage your state. Of course. Because if it's going to cause you so much stress, I, I never say to anybody, and I meet a lot of people, especially women with the whole women of influence and my women yep. who influence movement, women come because they're looking for, you know, advice. They, there's something that's keeping them hungry. They're just afraid to take the step. They're afraid to believe in themselves or they're afraid to tell someone what they really think or want. And they just need that permission through someone's story or their experience. But in doing so, it all comes from risk. It all comes from being willing to take that step forward. As a physiotherapist, I always say it begins with posture. We need to actually look forward. Today in my session, you know, teaching people proper squats and lunges, a lot of them were looking down because you know, they're tight in their shoulders and they're rounded. And I'm like, we don't want to look down. That down is where we are right now. We need to look forward. Mm. Plus it aligns the spine and it helps all the fascia from basically your heels to your head relax so you can move freer. Yeah. But from the emotional perspective, it's looking forward. So you've got to be able to step forward and it can't always be comfortable. And Deepak Chopra always describes being uncomfortable as a metamorphosis you if you're if you're going to change and become a better version of yourself a more beautiful version of yourself a stronger version of yourself you need to go through discomfort and he uses the analogy of the caterpillar metamorphosizing into a butterfly yeah right yeah and it's that energy and discomfort that but look at what happens on the other side of mm. that now for that it takes you know, I'm not sure. I can't remember the time that that metamorphosis, but I think we're talking hours, right? Yeah. Where it may take longer for us humans, mm. but I always use that. I think, you know what, if, if that's where I'm going to end up, I'm going to fly like a butterfly. Yeah. I got to be willing to do the work, but I also think it's just like being in the gym. That's the reason I say, whether you're in the fitness industry or any industry, if you want to have a thriving career, if you want to become your most successful version of yourself, you've got to be fit. Because what you learn in the weight room, what you learn when you're running, that is the stamina, the strength, the uh, vitality that's going to get you through the tough boardroom meetings or those long weeks, those long days. And, you know, I saw it on flights over here where some people are really angry, you know, they're tired. Whereas, you know, I was like, I know where I'm going and I know that I need to be energetic, but I was also excited because it's living my dream. But when it wasn't going right or I didn't get the right meal, it's like, you know, kill them with kindness, right? But the point is, is when you are strong, you're going to get through everything. Sure. And I've also learned that when I'm having a tough day and I'm sitting there going, get me out of this meeting, I don't really say that. I always think, you know what? It's one more set. You can do this. It's one more set. And I visualize being in the gym. And if I can push that weight and get that next rep in or that next set in, I can get this meeting over. And there's obviously a reason I'm here. So a lot of good self-talk. So that's where the next strategy is you've got to manage the messes or the voices in your head. So you've got to be able to make peace with that self-esteem. You got to make peace with the inside voices that tell you, 
you know, why you are holding yourself back. No one will give you permission to not move forward without your own permission. No one will make you feel guilty without your own permission. And really they're there. They can be naysayers or dream stealers, but you don't have to listen. So one of the biggest tips I've always used is when you are ready to move forward, take a risk, try something new, grow, add a new training to your repertoire. And someone says, well, you don't need to do that. You're already where you're already at the top of your game. Why do you keep coming to conferences? I'm like, oh my gosh, if you plan to have a thriving career, you got to be on the, you got to be on the inside. Yeah. You got to be on the leading edge. But I always say when someone says you don't have to do that, I always think to myself, well, you know, maybe not for you, but for me, I do. Yeah. Maybe I'm a slower learner. But I would say, thanks for sharing. Mm. So that would be my big tip is you've got to really believe in yourself and you've got to really build resilience muscles. We've talked about that to keep your passion alive. So when I come to a conference, I will say it today. I will say it to my members of my class on Wednesday, even though I'll have a 16 hour time change and some jet lag, I'll say, I am so happy to be here. Thank you. This is therapy because Coming to a conference is therapy for me. I can say that because I'm a physio, but it's my therapy. It keeps my passion strong. It keeps my passion alive. So you really need to build those muscles. It does begin with personal commitment to the profession, which goes back to the comment about being a role model. I'm not, I'm, I'm worried about what I'm seeing out there in the gym. And I encourage all trainers, personal trainers, fitness instructors, club managers, leaders, and whatever, even if they're in any aspect of that well health industry is to be a role model. And you got to be on your game to be a role model because people follow you not for the credentials behind your name. They don't follow you for how much you know. They follow you for how much you care. And they follow you for your why, why you're doing it. Mm. So that's how you can influence the world. And, mm. and we have a lot to do. There are great leaders out there. And uh, we're in good hands, but we still need to find a lot more leaders who are there for the right reason. Sure. You got to always realize that you got to be in the right, you got to be here for the right reason. So it's okay to understand that if you get to a point in your career that you're ready to change careers, that's okay. And for the millennials listening in, you're going to change your career seven to 13 times. <laughs> Us boomers, I'm on the tail end of the boomer generation. You know, if we ever thought, I mean, I grew up with the idea that you would go to school, get a good education because the career you chose was the career you were going to live. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 And so we've been blessed to work for a great company. Great companies. But we were also willing to step up, step in, Mm. take risks, work hard, do what other people weren't doing and, you know, get out there and collaborate. Right. Mm-hmm. And we are willing to also take care of ourselves because mm-hmm. you can't take care of others if you don't take care of yourself. So true. So full circle, I think the closing strategy is you got to really be well to live well and to be that role model um, and understand that true health is your wealth. You know, I actually have taken my career to a new area. I'm not even sure if you know this. Well, wow. scoop. But I... I was invited to speak in the financial world at a financial organization called Scotia Wealth. So it's a bank in Canada, but Scotia Wealth is the private banking sector of their organization. So people that invest good and a lot of money into the retirement. 
and they, you know, you get with your clients every four times a year and twice a year, they bring in speakers and they speak about investing and whether it's the stock market or, you know, equity plans, whatever. But Scotia Wealth did something really smart and other companies are starting to follow, as I've noticed. They brought healthcare leaders into their speaking circuit. And so I came in and I spoke about the other, the aspect of wealth that is not about dollars and cents. It was about your health because that without your health, what are you going to do with all your money? Mm. And I had the fortune of speaking six times to organizations within this company with all their private investing clients. They're all now reaching the point of retirement. I would say that three quarters of the room are not able to live out their retirement dreams because they don't have their health. Right. And they would ask me, what can I do so I can travel and take my wife on a cruise or have life and get travel insurance because I can't, because I'm unhealthy. My wife is a cancer survivor and they won't cover us for travel. We never thought of that. So they are using a basic strength and aerobic activity program. They're getting fitter. And they, I asked them the same question. Well, what did you do for your career? I sat at a desk for 45 years. Yeah. So they're now learning. And the thing I love about the generations that follow us is they're, they don't want to be like their parents who have now been challenged with health issues because they worked their whole life. So I'm very fortunate to be able to speak in front of this group and inspire them that if they work on their health, then they can truly live wealthy because yeah. that's the real. So that's what I'm doing lately to diversify my career portfolio, but it's really rewarding because I'm able to get to the people that really need what I can offer. That other 80%, huh? That other 80%. So, yeah. And then lastly, you know, I think it's just, you gotta, you gotta really live your dream career every day, act as if. So think Stephen Covey says, begin with the end in mind, see what your future holds and create it in your mind, make it colorful, have a dream board, Mind map it, whatever works for you. I'm visionary, so I use a dream board. They're powerful. Be careful when you create them. They're powerful. And then just open your mind and and live with that as your intent. Act as if. Wear the clothes that you wear when you're standing on stage as a fitness leader, presenter. Walk the talk. That's where you need to be, the role model. And, you know, act as if. Whenever I can, I fly business class. I want to be, you know, a leader in the fitness industry. I want to represent the industry as a leader who has built a thriving career that can help others. So whenever I can, I hang out with the best in the professions that fly executive business class. Now I'm not saying that everybody has to do that, but it's just a way for me to, you know, stand in that power. And that's really important. You got to act as if, and you got to be in your own superpower and just watch what happens, but don't wait around to watch what happens. You got to actually go and create it. Jump on the train. Yeah. 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 Just slightly off topic here, and and then we'll wrap up. I know you're really passionate about women in the fitness industry, and not just in the fitness industry, but women as leaders. And you spearheaded this, uh, the Women Who Influence, which, by the way, we kind of copied for Filex here. Borrowed. Yeah, borrowed. And with permission, with permission at our Filex conference. So tell me, what what drives you in that? What do you, or what do you see coming up there? What are the common challenges? Maybe just a couple minutes on on, where it came from, where where it came, came from. So where it came from was my desire to recognize and celebrate women who have been instrumental in leading the fitness industry, but they perhaps were never recognized with industry awards 
or the title. They typically, they were the COOs. They were the second in command because they themselves didn't see themselves as worthy or in the right place at the right time. And I wanted to recognize them. So that whole women who influence was an opportunity to celebrate and have them share their story, their journey and a lesson. Because we can always learn something about someone's story from whether the successes, but most of the time from the mistakes or the oopsies or the fallbacks. So it started with that. It was to celebrate. And then it grew from there to be able to teach strategies and mostly for personal. They come for professional development, but they receive personal empowerment. And I love working with women. I have this Women ask me every week, I meet with at least one female who invites me out for coffee to pick my brain and ask me, I've got this idea. What do you think? And then I just, I love to share. That's the collaborative motive, right? I love to share and I give them advice. And I think, you know, I hope I was helpful and they go away and they write me back and say, oh my gosh, I got clarity on what my brand was. Here's my brand. Here's my logo. Thank you so much. I'm like, whoa, Maybe I should go into consulting, mm -hmm. but I'm inspired to see what women can achieve when they set their minds to it. And it's just an opportunity to bring women together. Yesterday, I said at the event that while I'm honored to stand before them as part of an incredible distinguished lineup of celebrated women of influence, it was really the women in the audience that I was there to celebrate with because they came. Mm. They are hungry. They have something to offer. They may know it or not know it yet. And I just have this incredible passion. I guess that's the root of my purpose is passion to influence. That's why it's called influence, mm. right? And I have to thank my mom for that because she was a healthcare, she was a, a, a nurse, but she did all women's health. Mm. And I just followed her. I followed what she did and I, you know, she did everything pre postnatal. She did palliative care and it was with women. And whether that was because of luck or good management, I don't know. I didn't know all her story. Right. Unfortunately, she passed away a long time ago, but I didn't know all her story, but I just followed, I guess, innately, but it's an attraction. So my work is now being moving in the direction of women's empowerment and leadership and management. And I'm proud to do it in the fitness industry, but um, we see it expanding beyond the fitness industry to all aspects of the professions that are interested in health and wellness. Great. It's such a good story. I mean, Mo, this has been great. And uh, can I say on behalf of me and others, this is your very inspirational woman. Uh, and we've, you. Those of us that watch your career are astounded by your energy and your level of commitment to your craft. Yeah. So we all see it. So thanks for your time. Now, where can our listeners find you on the internet? Or I mean, you go to every conference in the world, but um, <laughs> other than yeah. that, where can they find you? They can find me at uh, www.mohagan.com. Okay. So that's M-O-H-A-G-A-N. Dot com. My website is being rebranded, so it's just about to launch my new initiative. Great. So you got to go there and check it out. And then, of course, on Facebook, it's Maureen Hagen, my full name. And I do a lot of work on Facebook with the fitness industry. That seems to be where all my fitness followers are. And then Twitter, it's Mo, M-O underscore Hagen. Yeah. And then uh, Instagram, Mo Hagen. Yeah. But, um, yeah, my website is also bringing a lot of new things to it where people can connect with my wellness and beauty box. It's my health secret strategies. So I'm doing a lot through e-commerce now and through my website. And like I said, it's new and it's just about to launch. I'm very excited. So it's part of my, my next phase of my journey. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. And of course, CanFit Pro this year is Can, when? CanFit Pro this year is August 18th to 20th in Toronto, Canada. And um, we love internationals. We attract quite a few because it's beautiful in August in Toronto. And you can catch me there because, of course, I'm there from, gosh, I think the 14th to the 21st. I can, um, we see... You know, there's a lot of different things that are going on there. So much. Yeah. So it's great. And we partnered up with Phylex. So we're excited about that. And mm. and then, of course, people can catch me at Good Life Fitness. Yeah. We have a very large chain coast to coast. People follow, follow me there. And if anyone wants to reach out and speak to me, I have many emails. But probably the most direct would be mo, M-O, at goodlifefitness.com. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I won't keep you any longer. And uh, we'll see, hope to see you again very soon. I hope so. To grow the success of your fitness business, become an Elite Club member with Australian Fitness Network. Elite Club membership provides you with all the benefits of network membership, as well as a host of management and marketing resources from Active Management, including two one-on-one half-hour coaching sessions, marketing templates, and live Q&A sessions and roundtables. Join Network today at fitnessnetwork.com.au forward slash membership and put your club ahead of the competition.